are very welcome to the first of our specials this time around. It's a bit of a doozy. As we are prone to in Romancing the Dungeon, there's usually some wedding at some point. Well, we're, we're taking you kind of the behind the scenes of that wedding and uh, taking a look at what, you know, kind of the the events that run up to it. And uh, in a very special adventure, we're calling the Hen Knight. When you think of a Hen Knight, you think of chaotic energy, you think of a truck ton of laughs. If you're, if, well, if it's any of the hens I've been to, you think of a lot of booze. You think of wonderful characters. In the spirit of that, this isn't your normal Romancing the Dungeon adventure, because we are joined by some special guests. And I am beyond excited to have the, the gang from the podcast, as well as Dahi from Arcavios Eternal, helping to tell this ridiculous story that I had possibly in some sort of hangover fever dream. As much fun as it is listening to me prattle on, I think best for the gang to introduce themselves. Wayne, if you want to take it away. Sure. Uh, I uh, I am Wayne. I am the DM from the podcast Presents Sorcery Shenanigans, which is our DM stream, as well as one of the hosts of the regular podcast. Um, you can find all of our stuff up on YouTube and anywhere you find podcasts and dark corners of the internet where people fear to tread. That's usually where you find us. We're currently into our second campaign, which is of a Spelljammer flavour. And we're just about to shoot off into the void in episode... Well, our next episode will be episode six. So we're currently... The current episode up there is episode five. But that's me. Hi, I'm Kim from the Irish podcast. I am to be found everywhere where Wayne is to be found. In this campaign, I'm playing a half-elf paladin called Verere Splunk. And she's bound to be no trouble at all. See, I should have said that. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing. My character is called Nedris Rosebottle, and she's a female halfling, and she's that person at a hen night that is always no crack. Uh, hi, I'm Darren. I'm also a member of Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to be playing Granny Sheeplin, rock gnome sorcerer, uh, with a checkered past and very dark. So dark, she's probably forgotten half the stuff that she's done. <laughs> we'll find out. And on the other side of our special guests, we are joined by Dahi, who I get to play with because that rumor of me being an internal DM is greatly made up. I occasionally get to play. Dahi and I play together. Yeah, we do. Uh, on we a broke the curse. Stream. We broke the curse. We did. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. Like, literally, that's all it needs to be. I'm Dahi. I play Zenith Starbreeze on Arcavios Eternal, which is a lovely Strixhaven Magic the Gathering set D&D campaign where a couple of hapless millennials get to live out our dream of going to college for free. You can find us on Twitter, Twitch and TikTok uh, at Arcavios Eternal. I personally can be found anywhere really expensive card games and gacha games can be found spending probably too much money on digital people and cards cardboard pretty cardboard uh, i can also be found on twitter and tiktok as well at the real baron zaya for all my skyrim fans out there you'll probably know how to spell that if not hopefully it's written in a description somewhere <laughs> it is not figure it out yourselves um <laughs> no i will yeah figure it out figure it out but i'll be playing mariella goldwyn a rich mastermind rogue actress extraordinaire it wouldn't be a romancing the dungeon adventure but at least one of the gang uh, in tow and joining us uh, for our second season 
kind of coming in coming in really out of nowhere Kyella Doris played by the wonderful and equally as enigmatic James we're getting a kind of a look at Mr. Possibly we don't even know if Adoris is his last name and he going to throw out there yeah hello uh I'm James I am arguably the least special of the guests assembled here in that I am neither a guest nor special I am a regular uh I'm regular in both senses of the word and uh I am Kyle in Romance in the Dungeon I also play Umbra in Rise of the Forsaken by and large that's it that's all I've got going for me please send help I am on the internet at Zugdboy, which is spelt like Zugdmoy, which if you are into the lore of D&D, that will make sense. And if you're not, then just just sound it out and hope for the best and uh, and you'll find me. Yeah, that, that's I've basically done the same with my username. Spell it if you can. If you can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. It's like it's like it's like some fucking uh, Dan Brown novel. Just the introduction of shit. Like you know, get get a decipher and ask Tom Hanks to help you. That's how it's going to work out. Well, yeah. my Twitter, my Twitter handle was uh, a burner account just for <laughs> spying, and Wayne kept tagging me and things. So now it's a real account. I change my Twitter handle. I'd say twice a month at this stage because I'm never happy with it. Never happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I was the Dover Queen for a while. Then it's I a classic. Thinking. You shouldn't have messed with it. You shouldn't have messed with it. It was a classic. All right. Well, I, I will change it back following this. Uh, so you will yes. find me at the Dover Queen. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with the Dairy Queen. No, Do yes, not go or the, the Dover Queen. Queen. Yeah. I am actually yeah. lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I think it's time we play some Dungeons and Dragons. It is late in the evening in the city of Tezrab, and as you find yourselves uh, bumbling and bustling through the overcrowded, narrow, spindling alleyways uh, and passages through the city, between the market square, around the stalls, everybody here is heading to a destination. It is preordained that you arrive at the Yellow Cauldron found in the heart of Tezrab City, right smack in the dead centre, looking up at the quill, the giant tower that acts as both a gimmicky tourist attraction as well as a lookout for defence. You've made your way through and it is late in the evening and a lot of the markets, uh, market stalls, the shops, bazaars have all begun to kind of close. As you head to the Yellow Cauldron, each of you, whether you're holding it in your hand, whether it's stuffed in a pocket or uh, crammed into the bottom of your purse or satchel, you are heading to the Yellow Cauldron because each of you has been invited to attend the hen party of Destiny White Rocks. You're not quite sure who Destiny is. Maybe she was a classmate. Maybe you did her taxes. You received a letter from the Matron of Honor, Giselle Bundleweed demanding not only do you attend but you attend in your smarmiest sexiest outfit and you bring a gift because it's a hen party for christ's sake and there's a bride and she deserves to be pampered and treated you've set out with the intention of going to this event for one reason and one reason only you are a patron 
of D8 services. And you hear the commanding, raspy voice of one Rosalinda Graypurse, love wizard slash life coach and CEO, echoing, booming uh, in your head. Seriously, you sad sack. You gotta start throwing at me. Like, you literally, you're not gonna get yourself plus one to anything if that's the way you're gonna just treat yourself. So, head out, slap on a bit of lippy, hoist up that hem a little bit, show off a little bit of skin, give him a wink, have a drink, and look, whatever happens between you and them and the sheets is between you and your god. And me, because technically you then have to pay me for the dating service that I've provided you, so just say. That advice, that uh, encouragement, that threat at possible blackmail has sort of given you the confidence to head to this event. Again, that the, the notion or the, 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 the connection, rather, between you and the bride or the matron of honour, it's a little bit foggy, but look, you have the invite and when you have the invitation... No one can really turn you away. Nedris, you are the first to arrive. And as you cross the door uh, on the, the, western, uh, the western side of the Yellow Cauldron, you slip through and it is packed to the rafters. The Yellow Cauldron is famous for being the pub that every trader in the city goes to after the market closes. So people pop in, they have their dinner, they have their drink... Uh, they fill their bellies, and they go home. It is very, very busy in here. Everybody seems to be kind of on high spirits. It's been a particularly warm day. And everybody is guzzling back very cold flagons of beer and ale. And you kind of have to squeeze your way through uh, to kind of get anywhere even inside the tavern. And the Yellow Cauldron... It, Give me a perception check, actually. Just to... Yeah. Well, the perception That is an 11. The Yellow Cauldron gets its name, as you recall. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's a pub now, but it used to be the site of the market bathrooms. And you can't help but do that weird thing when someone tells you, oh, this place used to be this thing, and you give it a sniff. Just to... <laughs> is, is that the faint aroma of... Urine, I smell wafting through the air. Thankfully, it's not. It's just very cheap beer that kind of catches at your nose. And then a high-pitched squeal rings out from a corner towards the back of the bar. And as you cast your gaze upwards, you see a gaggle of people, five in, in, in total. And amongst them, you see a woman wearing a long, white and slightly pink veil that's sort of pinned into a gimmicky looking tiara. A half-orc woman with mossy grey coloured skin and two pronounced tusks poking out from her bottom lip and she's quite a tall slender figure and she's giggling and she's holding her hands up and she's half embracing a half-elf woman from the back with just a huge bushel of red hair. And off to one side you see a human woman with a long black high ponytail staring at them a little bit annoyed when she locks eyes with you what does she 
the Nedris. So Nedris is a three foot tall halfling and she's standing um, kind of amidst the crowd and she has her cloak kind of pulled back. Um, she's wearing leather armor, but it's it's finery. It's got like, it's a quite a nicely kind of adorned armor with with kind of like the uh, the, the the official symbol of uh, of the god Torm, who is the god of like law and loyalty, along with the her crest of the the closest thing to a crest of of medicine or or cleric ship that is adorned on the, on the actual breast of it as well. She doesn't have any weapon. Well, no, she ha- she has a, a very small concealed mace kind of strapped to her side, and she's carrying a small bundle. Her hair is kind of tight and pushed back, kind of combed backwards, slick, kind of shorn at the sides, and her halfling ears are pointed. She's got uh, numerous uh, pieces of jewellery kind of pierced in through the ears and a slight tattoo just down on her neck, uh, what looks like uh, feathers uh, that are kind of slightly aflame that kind of go down and disappear into, into the armour. She kind of looks nervous. She's looking around and just thinking to herself, just like, okay, you can do this. It's, it's a social situation. You got to get out there. You got to just throw yourself out in the world and just get with it. It's going to be fine. Just take a breath. You don't know anyone. You don't know these people. So they're not going to be judging you for anything that they might know. Okay, and, and kind of moves forward, clutching a small bag and in, in, in her right hand. And then in her left hand, she has the invitation that was sent to her by mistake. The woman, the human woman with the high ponytail uh, approaches and she's wearing a very form-fitting black chiffon dress. And these high, like thigh-high black boots and just bangles. She has a bangle on everything. As you kind of maneuver towards the the back of the the yellow cauldron, you see that the bridal party, you can't help but spot, I mean, she's wearing a a bride's veil, for Christ's sake. And you kind of shift and move through the crowd. That woman who locked eyes with you kind of approaches, and there's there's about four steps up onto a platform, and there's a plush purple velour rope on a hook kind of just across the front of the stairs. And... She kind of sidles up to it. Sorry, this is a private event, uh, invitation only. What's my dear friend's bridal party? And I um, I have an invitation, and I kind of brandish the, the kind of the invitation to her and show it up. It's like I am, I have been invited. Are you um, if if are you uh, G- Giselle? I'm, I'm Giselle, and I don't have a clue who you are or how you got that invitation. Well, you sent you 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 sent it to me. It's got your name on it. It's as looking forward to seeing you soon. Signed, Giselle. That's you, isn't it? That's... <laughs> You've brought a gift, I assume? As per that letter? Yeah, I got it. She holds up the bag uh, and it kind of, as she holds it up, it kind of clinks a bit as if there's like multiple bottles on the inside of it. And she kind of holds it up and it kind of clinks. Most excellent. Well, I'm sure she gestures to the small private area and you see... Uh, up here on this kind of raised area of the of, of the tavern, there's two booths. The the bride to be in her veil is surrounded by three others. There's a, a halfling man with dusty red hair, kind of shorn into a, a mohawk, and he's got large bushy eyebrows. There's a small goblin woman with lime green skin sat next to him and just on the outside still kind of holding the bride's hands and kind of looking at the ring there's a, a, that half of a woman with the large bushy hair 
The other booth just has a stack of gifts. If you have a gift, then... And the invitation, obviously. Um, I'd have to take it up with the post office. Please, you're more than welcome to join us. Thank you. Um, I, and she opens the bag and she goes, um, I have one of these for you. And she reaches in and pulls out a small vial, a little corked vial that has a kind of a, a, a swishing, kind of glowing blue liquid inside that seems to be kind of peppered with glitter as it swirls around. And she holds it up. She says, this is for tomorrow morning after you've had all of the libations. It'll help you um feel better. And he just hands over like it's basically a, one of those morning after drinks to wake you up after a hangover. And she goes, I brewed it myself, actually. It's from my own recipe. And she just gives one to Giselle. Oh. Isn't that quaint? Um, I actually don't put anything in my body that hasn't been approved by my Pilates instructor. So, I mean, very much appreciative of it. And des like, between us, Destiny, she'll knock anything back. So I'm sure she's going to love that homemade gift, even though the invitation did strictly stress not to bring anything homemade, but that's fine. Here's a token. Can I ask, did your Pilates instructor approve the stick that shoved up your ass? Actually, he did. It's sage, and it does wonders for my chakram. I'm very happy for you, and she just takes the token and walks past her. She just kind of gives you that one of those really stretched, thin smiles and just kind of gestures. And she looks around at, at anybody else. And in the crowd of people that are kind of like, because more people are kind of swilling in out of the streets. Mariella, have you been to Tezrad before? Are you from here? Are you new to the city? You're just breezing by? Pretty new to the city. Okay. You can't miss the yellow cauldron because it's a luminous yellow building and there's just a big old cauldron hanging off the front of it. They take their names very literally around these parts. When you come in, it's that weird moment that you'd often get in like the old spaghetti westerns where you step through the doors and everybody goes quiet. And all eyes turn. And who do they see walking through the door? They see a woman in a... Triton woman in a form-fitting, deep seaweed green, oil slick textured gown with like fur coming up the decolletage that's like almost navel deep cut. She's got really like almost naturally glistening coral colored skin and piercing like her eyes are like I she she was she would probably say that everybody turned around because they knew somebody with beautiful sea blue eyes just walked in she's one of those people with blue eyes that just like open like eye stares to people she's got that like permanently wet look going on with her hair that's like just like kind of stuck to to the bust peppered with like gold jewelry here and there but t- tastefully she looks a bit like a triton may west and do you know the bride or what's yes. your okay as you step through you spot destiny straight away you well, actually you hear her first she's got that kind of girlish foppish giggle she's never lost it you also see Giselle sort of hanging off to one side looking like a literal and proverbial stick has lodged itself in her at some <laughs> stage um and she may not have actually retrieved it as you sort of stand there, all eyes on you, you just hear a, <clears throat> hey, love, 
Could you just step to one side? I've got deliveries. I'm sorry, but that doesn't seem like my issue. That seems like something that you'll have to work out for yourself. I'm going this way, and I'll just, like, saunter towards the crew. As you saunter off, the whole crowd cheers, but no one's looking at you anymore. They're all looking at the the gnome woman uh, carrying two little kegs uh, on her shoulders. All right, you little bastards, Marilla's here. She's got everything for you. Don't you worry, I got some spills. And she steps behind the bar and she kind of loads it down. Uh, and everybody is like applauding and whistling and cheering that Marilla Whistlecoil has arrived with some extra spare kegs to, to the Yellow Cauldron. Marietta still fully believes that it was for her. Uh, and she's just like, oh. Oh, oh my God. Uh, and Giselle approaches. Marietta. Oh, darling, darling, darling. Mwah, mwah. Darling, you look a vision in black. You're just gorgeous, darling, stunning. Oh, Marielle, look at you ever. I know. Look, I just just about made it to town. I was in the other town over. I was acting. You know, I was with my media, my media group. You know, work is so hard lately. And, you know, I just thought, I've got this invitation. I might as well just take the trip over and see my girls. It's been years. And she goes in for another kiss. Yeah, it's so long. And she, again, she kind of leans in. Uh, She's just going to die. She's just going to die when she sees you. You know, I heard her first, you know, as just oh, oh would. <laughs> of course, she's never lost it. I feel like she's just never changed. I could just hear the same voices I was hearing when we were teenagers. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, I we were teenagers say. and you were a little bit older than us. But, I mean... <sighs> well, I was looked a little younger, though. And still do, clearly. Uh, the in sages... certain lights, yes, in certain lights. Mm, yeah, most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So just in your presence then. Anyway, darling, uh, I must go say hello to Destiny. I must go say hi. Do you, do you, oh, and, and oh, uh, Mariella, I mean, not that you need it, obviously, but like, here's a token for a drink. She just, Mariella just like, is holding the token really like, obviously, as if to say like, I don't belong in this peasantry. It's very, <laughs> she's like, yes, I'll, and she's like a little purse. She's going to put it in. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Right. She's going to saunter towards Destiny. <laughs> As you kind of move towards Destiny, there's a, a a halfling woman just kind of standing in the middle, but trying to be off to one side. Like she's trying to be part of the group, but trying not to be there. It's that weird thing of, well, if I stand in here, then I technically attended the event, but it doesn't seem to be making any real effort to ingratiate. As you kind of walk off, uh, you just hear Giselle kind of pipe up, oh, and and the gift, Maria. there's a table just over there beside the, and she kind of points down at Nedris, it, just, if you don't leave it over there. Despite the fact that my presence is, I mean, probably enough of a gift already. I, of course, brought a gift. This is not my first time at the rodeo. Well, at this particular rodeo, because it, does it smell like piss in here? Is it just it's, me? It, it does. It's a, it's a cultural thing. It's a local thing. It's. I feel like, I feel like our destiny always had a little bit of a rough side. I kind of like that about it. Anyway. It reminds me of your third wedding. She's kind of, Giselle kind of looks, turns back to kind of look out at the crowd. And Destiny seems to be ingrained in conversation with the, the, the red-haired wood elf woman. 
you think you kind of recognize the three of them. They were, I mean, they weren't part of your clique because, you know, you were popular and liked and beloved. But you think you might remember them from school? Like, they, they look vaguely familiar. One of them might have been called Philip or Dennis, the halfling anyway. You're not quite sure. They're, 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 but they all kind of look at you and they like, halfling and the goblin both just give you kind of a, a toothy grin, like a oh god, she's here. I'm just like, <sighs> and they both kind of go back to their drinks and just. <laughs> There's a crash by the bar, and Vareer, as you am I am I pronouncing that? Is it Vareer? Yeah, Vareer. Yeah, Vareer. Okay. As you step through the doors, a a waiter uh, or a server carrying a tray of drinks. Uh, uh, the door kind of just smacks them, uh, and this tray of drinks goes spilling out, and everyone just does that whole "way" thing as it all, <laughs> as they always do. No one, no one is kind of like everyone's kind of weighing at the the the, the barkeep, the, the server who knocked over the tray of stuff, who kind of immediately bends down, kind of start tidying it up. You've come in from uh, the northern entrance, straight from the market square out into it, and this is packed. It's you know, it's coppers after the. G- the, the final of the hurling oh. champion thing. Oh. I, look, that's, that's, that's as many... Took that's me a, there. Took me the, there. Yeah, it's... There's nurses, there's guards, there's <laughs> merchants. It's just thronged. Every uh, boar you knew at school. Every boar you knew at school is there. And yeah, it, it's that weird thing of it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to pass through the crowd. Like, no one kind of wants to kind of like give up their spot. No one wants to give up where they're standing. And in the far corner, you do, you can hear a commotion, but you spot a woman wearing a, uh, a mock veil kind of just right. pinned into the back of her hair. So you know that the, the hen party are gathering at the back. How are you going to make your way through the crowd? So it suits me that it's bustling because I'm just going to use that time to get my bearings in the room. I do that everywhere I go. I'm, where are the doors? Where is it? Where am I? Where am I going to? Too much, too much planning for social interactions. Too much. Not helpful. But the fact that I'll have to muscle my way in there and I don't want to means I'll just move like traffic in Dublin City or like a fish. Just going into the space left and, and moving, uh, moving over. So I have, I'm, I met the brief sartorially. I'm in black and white and it's, you know, when someone tries and they would have been better not to try. <laughs> she looks like someone who borrowed someone else's clothes. Okay. It's a dress, but there's no art to it. But she tried. They said black and white. She wore black and white. It's fine. It's not form fitting and her shoes are Ogmo, but she tried and maybe she should have just wore her jerkin like let's be real like you know so uh i have my invitation and i'm making my way over i'm toying with going to the bar first but i think i'll come back i think what i'll do is get in there uh you know throw the cold water on my face and then get back to the bar in a minute i do not remember meeting destiny before i certainly don't know giselle Roz is familiar to me uh she's yelled lots of advice at me in the past 
And I'm here because of fear, fear, fear of Roz. So I make my way over to Degerlos. I am going to do my best. There's so much potential. I'm Morrissey at the beginning of that song. Please tell me if I need to drop the <laughs> pop culture references. Not at all. You know, uh, there's a club and I'd like to go, but things are going to probably end up. <laughs> Except this is the tattoo cover. Sorry. Even better. Uh, that's Way better. That's, our, that's probably more fitting for us on, on yeah. this show. <laughs> Destiny and Giselle are the two members of Tattoo taunting me with their femininity. I'm doing my fucking best over Kissing here. All right. Chain link fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you maneuver through the crowd, you do, you get a, a good lay of the land. And where you've, where you've kind of come from, you, yours, the reason it's so packed is this is kind of the more open space. And the bar is immediately to your right. And as you kind of ponder, you do see, you do see two gnome women standing behind the bar. Uh, There's a woman with just this tuft of like black wiry hair uh, tied up in in a bandana. She's kind of loud and gruff. I mean, she's not like a fan favorite character that we accidentally may have killed off at the start of the first, the second season. But... This is in the past, so it's fine. We can definitely drop her in here. She's talking to another gnome, much younger than her, blonde hair in kind of two loopy, thick braids, dusty pale skin in a, in a green dress and a kind of a, a, a light tan brown apron pinned against it. And uh, they seem to be kind of deep in conversation, completely and totally willfully ignoring the gathering of people around the bar trying to order drinks. They literally... Couldn't give a shit. And as you saunter through the main floor of the bar, you do see people of all shapes and sizes. They, they're all trying to be very politely weave and maybe turn and twist and stuff like that. Give me either an acrobatics check or an athletics check. It's a 19, my friend. Oh, wow. As, you, as you're kind of maneuvering through it, there are, like I said, there are a few people being polite and kind of trying to make room for you to pass as you kind of push towards the back. And as you do so, you do see that raised platform where the bride or the bride-to-be has her group. Just off to it, uh, a little bit further back, you do see a small little doorway. And next to that, uh, a curved semicircular stage. There's nobody on it, but there's a stage there. And just as you sort of like, you think you're home clean and you're about to kind of approach it, a very, very tipsy furbolg sort of swings around as you kind of glide uh, into her and she just, oh, what was that? And her drink kind of flits out of her hand and you full on just, everything kind of goes slow uh, for you and you just lean back and twist and you watch the liquid just splash over and it catches an Aracorcoran magpie uh, woman in the back of the head and goes right down her back and she lets out an, uh, and she falls forward and a full chain reaction of people half spilling their drinks and giggling as you just glide and weave through it. And Giselle is looking at you, very sort of poignantly looking down her nose from the raised platform where you see now that a few people have begun to kind of gather. Can I help you? Uh, I'm shitting it already i have no immunity for mean girls none none 
no exposure, nothing. So I I just go, uh, well, uh, Giselle, is it? It is. And you are... Uh, Vreris Blanc, uh, I have I've an invite for the for the do. <laughs> that's a that's quite a rural sound that your mouth is making. Instantly, every capillary in my body withdraws into my body because I just I I know my I know my thick tongued mumble, and I'm just like. Uh, yeah, uh, Roz um, sent me an invite for the for the party tonight, and I was just thought might thought might come along and uh, sure be bear crack. That <laughs> I'm <is> sorry, Donnie. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> that tabaxi. Uh, oh, jeez, going to hear from me tomorrow. Of course. Um, I've a, I've a present. Oh, oh well then, of course, Destiny's gonna love that. And she unclips the the velour rope from around velour. the banister okay. and uh, gestures for you to come in. That's a choice of clothing that you are wearing. Yeah, black and white. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely that. It suits you. Ah, oh, t- I missed that. Missed it completely. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, I'm going to get a drink. Do you want one for yourself? Or? Uh, <laughs> oh, that just... <laughs> that's that's not going to be grating at all. No, no, no. Um, don't worry about it. Um, Verere? Am I, am I pronouncing that right? Verere? Yeah, Verere? yeah, I, yeah. Ask Randall. I... Just, uh, sure. Vera, very, uh, it's grand. Like, it's grand. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm going to give you a token and just walk away now. So this will get you a drink at the bar, uh, compliments of the bridal party. You can leave your gift over by the table and next to, uh, there's two booths up here. And in one, you do see the a half-orc woman wearing a veil, deep in conversation with a, a half-elf woman. Next to them, in the other booth, there's a triton woman and a halfling kind of set there, all looking at a table with gifts on it Nedris is going to be just standing off just slightly away from the table kind of just even kind of just even further back a little bit. yeah like the just just it's kind of like it's it's an observ- observation situation just kind of hanging back and just looking and just slowly drinking out of a very large tankard because this is the one drink that's going to last all night I know that the halfling is my speed I know that's where I should be going but I'm going to go get a drink and come back and try to challenge myself with some of the other bints. As you head towards the bar, you're kind of facing now again that the entrance that you came in. You can see that crowd of people. There seems to be a bit of commotion at the entrance. You passed only moments ago. And just kind of standing kind of half in the doorway, half out the doorway, there was the bouncer. Uh, he didn't stop you. Again, he's standing there, long black coat, the arms of it cut off, a goatee that's oiled down to a point and then braided with three gold rings, shaved head and these milky white eyes. And he seems to be getting into a bit of a kerfuffle with an old woman. What does uh, Verere see, Granny, when she looks out at the bouncer? Who Who is 
or what, who is the bouncer fighting with? When you look out, Granny Sheeplin uh, remembered that she had to wear black and white and, uh, you know, had to go through her old adventuring boxes, you know, and break them because they were rusted and found stuff that she picked up along the uh, stuff that she picked up along the way and never thought she'd wear. But um, she's wearing, first of all, a really, really lovely silk black dress that does fit her until you get close to it. And you notice there's something off about it, especially at the back, where just below the shoulder, you see a little nick of where the blade went in and a little small blood stain from the last drow that owned this dress. She's also wearing this fluffy white scarf that she's like thrown around her, her neck. Um, she's like a 200 year old gnome. She's crouched over. She's got a walking stick. She's got curls upon curls upon curls of gray hair that she's never cut in years. Uh, but the one thing that does stand out is her, the equivalent of D&D New Rocks. That sh- that's the one thing she used to wear when she was really young and ta- still looks cool today. But she's not making it work. Work. She's like, you know, just look, looking up at the, the bouncer. There's Granny. No, no. We've, we've discussed this. You, the last time you were here, uh, the, the state of the place you left it all in, you're out. You're, you're not allowed in here. You, just out. Sorry, Danny. I, I can't quite hear you. What do you say? Any drinks? Oh, no, I brought me own. It's all right. And she's got this, which you didn't notice because it was behind her. It's this really, really big. It's probably a human-sized leather uh, bag that's too big for her. And you can notice a couple of bottles of mead and whatnot uh, are sticking out of it. It's all right, dear. I brought my own. Thanks, though. I'll just go through. I'm invited. Ricky knows better than to pick an argument with Granny. And half of it is just he has to do it to show that he at least attempted to not let her in. As you try and smuggle your booze into the tavern, give me, you could either give me a stealth check at disadvantage or a <laughs> persuasion check. I'm going to go with persuasion. Okay. Yeah, walking into the building site in a high-vis. <laughs> building site that you do not belong to. I sold off on that 20 to an 8. God, but that is a 12. Okay. Granny, um, this is part of the reason why you're not allowed in. So, I'm going to need you to just put it to one side. You can collect it afterwards. You see, it's... Uh, um, uh, now, I've already done the Alzheimer's bit earlier. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a wedding present. Yes, yes. I haven't done that one before. Yes, wedding <laughs> present. Not for me. Yeah. Look, even though it's in my bag and that's my, my lucky meat bottle, it's not for me. I'm being generous tonight. Yeah. I'm letting you through, but I better not see you putting a hand in that bag, okay? Right, one hand is not allowed to go in the bag, but maybe two hands. It's a gift. You're giving it to the bride. If I don't see that handed over to the bride, it's going out. It's it's going in the gutter. He does a very audible, like, fuck. Uh, Or, sorry. Fuck. And just pushes the door slightly open for you. That thing happens where the bag on its cart, the wheels, kind of get stuck on the lip of the door and it's struggling and he's trying to keep the door open for you and eventually he just puts a hand on it and he just kind of helps you shove the the cart uh, over the lip. Thank you. I knew there was a good bomb in your body. I knew. You said you wouldn't talk about that. He he just blushes and just looks again and then looks straight out into the marketplace and the sun setting. I'll give him a wink just as he, he turns around. Now, let's find where the drinks is. Immediately, Granny, the crowd, the crowd parts. It is literally the Red Sea when people see you step in. 
and people are they pick up their belongings, they pick up their bags, their coats, and everyone just picks up and holds them, and they just take a step apart to allow you to just wheel yourself through the crowd. You can see at the far end the bride to be letting out kind of a, a squeal. What is the nature of your relationship, or how did you come come about uh, receiving an invite? As far as Granny Og is concerned, she got finally got the invitation that she knew was coming because when she was younger, she used to babysit Destiny. Uh, now, it was only for a week. She unfortunately didn't like the fact that she was drinking on the job, so they fired her. But, you know, she she made her own fam elsewhere. She's known for the uh, adventuring hardness for, uh, harness for um, adventurers that uh, don't want to leave their babies at home but want to know they're safe, which lasted uh, maybe a year before the wild magic started polymorphing all the parents into ridiculous shapes. Yeah, she lost all her money, but that's another story. She's here because she thinks that, you know, Destiny has has uh, remembered her and uh you know that's why she's finally come from the woods to the city not for drink but here as you make your way over to the group at the back of the yellow cauldron nedris mariella and vereri you just hear a very stifled fuck destiny <laughs> destiny the half-orc woman kind of turns around and again it's that weird sort of slow motion half bin and the veil seems to be caught on like a delicate waft of fresh air and her hair is tossed around her and all you get you catch a real first glimpse on destiny the the bride to be and she is stunning again it's that gray mossy colored skin her hair is up and back and it just sort of hangs delicately over her shoulders, barely touching the porcelain-like skin, and she has these gorgeous eyes, one amber and one cerulean. And she smiles, and these two delicate little tusks, the whole time protruding, just open up, and there's just these perfectly white teeth. And she's wearing a flowing white linen kind of summer dress with delicate little flowers woven onto it. If you pay any kind of closer attention to the dress, it's not fabric, it's actual flowers. She has has actual flowers growing through the dress. And she just spins and it's like, Jizzy? Oh my god. Oh M Jeez. Granny! And she just, like, her hands just flew open. (laughs) You got her to come out. She's the one that gave me this. And she points at this tiny, tiny scar on her right elbow. Remember, I told you, she brought me to that lich's tomb. And, like, she's, like, her heels are clacking on the ground very, very loudly. And she's emitting a sound that only the dogs in the neighborhood can currently hear. And her face is just beaming with glee. And she sees the rest of you. Just, oh my god, you even got strangers. Oh, and, and, oh not you, Mariella. No, no, not you, I sweetheart. Mean, oh my god, you came. Oh, even though you're so busy with that production. The, absolutely. I couldn't miss this for the world, darling. Mwah, mwah. Oh, couldn't miss oh, you look ravishing in my eyes. You look beautiful. Oh. 
just so overwhelmed. Oh, darling, darling. And uh, Mariella like whips out a fan and just starts, darling, 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 no. And she just starts fanning her. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't wear any makeup because I've got flawless natural skin and I don't have to. I, I, I just ha- <sighs> always have, darling. Oh, thank you. She moves over and she kind of, ha- she doesn't shove Giselle out of the way, but she kind of steps in front of Giselle. And she just whips the rope kind of away. And she just opens her arms to you, Granny, immediately. I mean, surely by now the restraining order is gone, right? Mommy and Daddy aren't going to get mad about it. I I think so, yes. I've ignored the last 20 letters, but I'm sure there's a clause in that. And once you ignore the first 10, it's gone. So uh, I think we can hug each other without a fireball going off. People might want to stand back, you know, a little bit, you know. And uh, give me a minute, because my back's at me. She... Oh, no, that's the bottle of gin I stuck there, sorry. And she takes out a bottle of gin and puts it in the bag. Sorry, bad. I made present. Yeah, yeah. She scoops, like, she literally, she drops into a squat, Granny, and just these two uh, arms just sweep around your back and hoisted you up. Uh, and she squeezes. Oh, my oh. God. Everybody get in here. Everybody get in here. Ferrari does. She's she's in. Oh my god, you 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 oh my god, you have to get in here and like she's looking at you directly, Ferrari. You I don't know you, but I I, there's the connection. There there's something in your eye that tells me you're a good person. I'm mortal embarrassed, but just delighted. Like absolutely delighted. It's great to see that you can lift again. Well, the healers did say that I have to cover this up around daddy. He gets very angry when he sees the blemish. But other than that, I've got full functionality in most of my body. <laughs> I mean, that lich's curse just, it was nothing. He only comes back every 300 years, darling. So you're okay. You've got another, uh, when's your wedding again? Tomorrow. Uh, uh, yes, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Giselle is kind of looking around and the halfling, the goblin and the half-elf that had kind of gathered around the booth all follow in for the group hug. Mariella does too. Yeah, Nedris is trying to blend in with the presence and just not be noticed at all. It's like just complete social anxiety kicking in. The idea of any... check. Yeah, any heavy contact, good luck. Uh, Okay. Okay, it's not bad. Uh, 16. I would like to say that Mariella has a passive perception of 19 okay <laughs> so oh wow <laughs> destiny and giselle don't spot netris not getting into the group hug mariella you do darling don't stand there like a pile of coats if you're gonna be useful get us a drink or something are you are you the waiter or are you a guest she's looking at the massive tankard that is like like engulfed in her hand is that i am i'm not i'm not uh, I, I don't work here i'm 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 one of the guests, and she holds up the invitation again, like just as proof. I I'm having my drink. I don't want to spill this, so you go ahead and just continues to drink. Hey, darling. And she just joins back into the hug. <laughs> Giselle also stands off to one side and just does a little like hat on <laughs> Destiny's shoulder, like a little like. Eh, there we go. I was, I was part of it as well. Okay, I think. That's everybody. Everybody, don't forget to put your gifts on the table. We're going to be judging them in a moment. And really, this is kind of... Okay, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to ruin it. But 
I kind of feel like I'm not getting enough attention or appreciation for the fact that I organized all of this. So I have one little surprise and it's kind of my gift to you all, but mostly Destiny because she's the one getting married. And Destiny, I know you said that you didn't want any strippers. You didn't want, you know, any kind of like anything kind of too crass. I get that. I respect that. But I totally ignored him. Because what's a hen party without a bit of dong? It was that, it's that one, of the, it's one of those moments where the room went silent and Giselle just said the word dong very loudly. <laughs> and all eyes turned to the hen party. And then the doors on the western entrance open. And standing there is an ASMR. I think he's here. I think I'm going to be getting a discount, but I think he's here. And every she points straight over at the western entrance. And standing there is Kyle. You see a middling height Asimar. He's of celestial heritage. He has dark white skin that's marbled with golden veins. Not necessarily in the pattern of a circulatory system, more in the pattern of rock. He's pretty sharp featured, good jawline, high cheekbones, uh, long silvery white hair tied in a high pony clasped with a little golden clamshell with curtain bangs kind of framing his face. He's wearing a white cowl neck blouse underneath a golden breastplate that is kind of filigreed and ornate to the point where you have to question whether it's lost a good chunk of its tactical advantage. (laughs) Sleeves in the blouse rolled up. The cowl is hanging just below a golden sun pendant that has an orange fire opal set in the middle. And he has a, a tan leather obi belt wrapped around his waist kind of a sash with two uh, two ties dangling down and a, a gold pleated wrap skirt and a slit on one side showing a good bit of leg and some tanned ankle wrap sandals underneath a drum starts playing out of nowhere you don't see anybody on stage and like Giselle's like destiny this is for you one last night of freedom. Now, no judgment, no judgment. Though we will judge you if you do sleep with him, but not in that sense of you cheating on your soon-to-be husband, more in the fact that he's a bit old. This is for you. Everybody step back, step back. And Giselle pulls out a chair and plunks it down in the middle of this uh, reserved area and just kind of half shoves Destiny down into it. It's showtime. It's showtime. Missing the initial beat, he cops and starts to, he kind of, his hands, uh, his hand grazes the door frame, slowly sliding down, and he starts to gingerly step one leg in front of the other towards the stage. As he does, he reaches behind him and slowly withdraws from its clasp a whip, a bull whip, not like, you know... Not like a horsewhip. Ideally, in a patron-free part of the bar, gives it one sharp crack before stepping up and taking the stage. He does a small bit of work with the whip. He 
lets down the hair and as the beat kicks in, he steps out towards Destiny, throws the whip around her neck and leans in very close and says, have you got a weapon on you? <laughs> I think, I think, I think my boner just subsided. <laughs> I think I've actually been to this bar. <laughs> <laughs> just my mace. And she gestures at a large black iron mace hanging from her side. He reaches down, his hand traces its path down her side, grasps the mace, folds it gingerly into her hand, and then takes a quick leap backwards and says, then let's go. My boner is back. It is back. <laughs> <laughs> and will engage destiny in combat. <gasps> Stage combat. <laughs> kind of half following you? Give me a perception check, Kyle, as you're now on stage. Actually, everybody give me, because all eyes are now on the stage and that area. So everyone give me a perception check. But Kyle, I'll let you do it with advantage purely because you're kind of on stage. I'm sure you really want to know, but I'm currently at half chub. No. (laughs) Please keep the updates coming. It's vital. (laughs) Um, That's a 17. That's a uh, seven for me. Yikes. With advantage, that's a big five. Wow. Uh, I got a, mine was uh, 14. I I got a seven, so I'm remembering, I think I might have left the stove on. (laughs) 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 Granny's lost in thought at the possibility of having burned down her shack. Nedris, having not really moved into the circle of people and kind of been off to one side, you're, uh, and now that there's this sex dancer, possibly, sex, sex fighter, we're not really sure what he's doing. Your eyes are kind of on it and you're looking. You're not really you're not really sure where to look. You don't really know what to look at. Do you look at him? Do you look at her? Do you look at the whole spectacle? You can kind of just see stage right. There's a little again, there's a little passageway. You know, the performers could come in and off rather than just hopping up onto the stage. There's a little entrance at either side of the stage, and you can see stage right. And you can kind of half see someone you can kind of see someone standing there and Ferrere being the more observant of your surroundings and aware of your thing you you've kind of scoped not only have you scoped the the the, the bar out you're now giving a full-on like oh yeah that's yeah this, the beams there are okay on that stage yeah yeah that looks fairly safe yeah yeah and that's that's grand that's good sound structure there obviously like, I, putting a, like, I love structural integrity it's just say? great it's wonderful there's a half naked leonin standing backstage uh okay he's, uh, yeah he's literally wearing a leopard skin thong <laughs> and wrap i clutch my pearls metaphorically and then I figure he might need a cue or and suspecting that this is something going wrong at this party I've just arrived at worrying that it might somehow be traced back to me even though why I am going to head over there and kind of go hey you alright do you need to dig out Uh, Giselle didn't tell me that there was going to be a like a warm-up act. Hey, I'm hey, I'm, I'm Thad, and the Leon just hands a, a. He kind of gives you a. He goes to shake your hand. I, I don't know where to look, but I will dig autopilot. Uh, uh, shake his hand, Thad. Uh, how are you? And then I'm afraid I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, I think this was sprung on our. Um, should I spit a crack? I I I I don't know. I I do may I as well there, know. Like, do I? Like should should I should I go out there and? I'd, I'd, I'd hold on. I'd hold on. I, I think he's going to do some 
thing. I think I, 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 I oh, thought it was my thing. And he's like, he gestures. No, I, I mean, like I'm, I mean, I'm paid to do that. Is he, is he a licensed professional? Oh, jeez, I don't know. I, I, I might as well be looking up a cow's hole, but I'm, I, <laughs> I have to say like, uh, like he, he thought he was going to strip and then sure he started fighting and I, but I, t- I'd say there's still a market for you. I'd hold on now for a minute and see, uh, I'll, I'll check out what, what's going on here. I'd like, if destiny doesn't play ball here with this throne, throwing the weapons around but sure then you're going to need a stripper because the drums are on and sure the whole thing's going and sure well, I mean like the, the, the drums are like my cue that, that was the whole thing where I, oh. I shake my thing to the rhythm of the drums and you know get get all you folks excited and oh that you know oh that's it oh Jess that sounds great but I, I have to say like did Gis- Giselle seem to be the one that did this so did she know did she pay off the drum man like I don't know well, well yeah like we're, 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 we're a set gig here and there's no the entire time you've been standing with him Ferrari, one your hand is greasy your hand is oily there's an intoxicating smell of coconut and baby powder Overpowering, and like he's standing like he's standing at six foot four chiseled he has an eight pack both his nipples are pierced uh his hair is slicked back into like a a long braided ponytail and he has these piercing blue eyes Um, i've definitely been in this bar before definitely The entire time he is just, his hips are going with the rhythm of the drums. Like he, it's just, the drums are beating, he's good to go. I am at the stage where I know this is good. The books told me this was good. The books told me this was the thing, in fact. And I've seen many publications uh, talking about how this is the thing. I'm still in recovery from the, the uh, from Marielle over there. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know what to be at, but I know that I'm, I may be uh, mildly throbbing, but I don't know who to attribute it to. I am overstimulated in general, and I am going to try and be very useful in a very pragmatic way for the next five minutes till I work out who is doing this to my uh, 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 neurological system. So I'm going to tell this nice young fella to howl a swish now for a minute and I'm going to go over I'm going to see if this is going to be if this Jim Carter episode is going to last for very long and if not then he'll be able to piggyback off this he just gives you a kind of a wink and a, like a very toothy grin Kyle give me uh, are you is this an attack or a performance we're doing here this is a performance Anything that he attempts on her will essentially just be some form of stage bondage. Any attacks that she attempts to land on him, he will use as an excuse to disrobe. Okay. Then my friends will call a win-win. Does Nedris spot, like, the drummer that Nedris spots, does she see, like, is the drummer engaged with, like, they're beating the drum and the rhythm? Do they look confused in any way? You you've kind of locked eyes, the drummer, and it's a it's a kind of a small human woman with all the kind of the commotion on stage. As you're kind of looking back and forth, you also spotted that woman who rocked in in the in the weird black and white dress that doesn't look like it quite belongs to her. She sort of meandered over to one side of the stage and disappeared behind a curtain, and you can kind of see the curtain flapping back and forth 
Like you can, there's definitely motion happening back there. And your eyes do kind of drift between the curtain and the stage. The drummer does look very confused. And the rhythm of what's happening on stage versus what's being pounded on the drum doesn't sync up okay. at all at all. Nedris is going to nimbly make her way because she can weave in between, being a halfling, she can weave in between the crowds and any of the, the roaring hens that are kind of getting into this sexy action. And she's going to just make her way over to the drummer while everything else is going on. As you plop down the steps, kind of following the footsteps of Rory, and the crowd are, whatever about the group of hens, the crowd are all kind of the ones whooping and cheering that this gathering of... Uh, of merchants and workers in the city. I mean, it's a free show. You slip around, and just as you kind of maneuver to the curtain and go to step beyond it, everybody just sees Destiny kind of just take a lunge and a swing with the mace. The same way you'd watch a tennis player take a swing. She's holding both hands of it, and there's a very audible, like, ah, as she swings. Oh, like, nice. Like, like, as she was about to hit a ball or something with the mace. If, if, you're, if you're rolling to, like, attack with her, can I help her? I can help at range, and I would like to help her. I would like to give her the help action. So Mariella, I rolled really poor on perception, so Mariella is clearly into this. She loves avant-garde performances and believes this is wonderful. So she sees this guy engage in sexy combat, and she's like, and she's like, oh, darling, swing with your hips, swing with your hips. That's what she's going to say to give her help. And Destiny, she's in it. She's in it because it's it's the good person thing to do. Like your friends have organized yeah. this, and she doesn't re- she doesn't look totally comfortable, but she's kind of here for the fun of it. And with your uh, encouragement, Mariella, because she, she went from a nat one to an eighteen, she does. <laughs> she swings the the mace, and it bounces off your chest plate, Kyle. Well, so. <laughs> meets it beats it but there is a there is a decision to be made here does she look like she's actually trying to wound him has she caught that this is a performance or is she genuinely going for blood she is going for blood right now because she does she yeah okay in that instance then in a brief moment of panic he will cast shield attempting as he does so to rapidly unclasp his breastplate as the like sparks of his shield kind of fly off and he gives a kind of a dramatic hair toss. Give me a sleight of hand check to unclasp the breastplate. Oh no. Oh, 17. You've taken many a breastplate off one-handed. The mace bounces off the the breastplate and there's a shing of golden light and sparks. And it's that overly dramatic head thrown back in slow motion and just this spiral of white hair whipped up into the air nobody sees it like nobody nobody sees the magic behind the the reveal or the removal in this case as the sound the clashing sound of the iron mace bouncing off the the chest plate rings through the crowd uh, and the sparks die away and that flash of golden light dissipates there is a semi-naked asmr standing on stage with this very lean marble white physique poised in such a way that are posed rather in such a way that every muscle is taut and twisted. And it is that pure, it's almost like that kind of Adonis flex as, as he stands there. And there's just a, take it off, you schmutz, from the crowd. And standing on the counter, again, that wiry black-haired gnome woman is just whooping and hollering and just whipping a dishcloth over her head. <laughs> it's your action, Kyle. 
Yeah, feigning not hurt, but he like puts his hand to his chest and acts as though she's kind of knocked some of the wind out of him and then meets her gaze with a genuinely vengeful look and is going to attempt to lightly attack her with his whip, but a genuine attack. Yeah, that's 20, unnatural. Yeah, that oh, hits. No. That, that, like, it definitely hits the girl in the linen dress who's <laughs> not wearing armor. Oh, no! It is a four total. He is intentionally going to do like a very tight cut across the side of her cheek with the intent of just drawing blood. Oh, my God. So I was wondering, could I do something here? And it's totally cool if I can't. I just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah, and, and me too afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay. Also. Okay. Nedris is kind of up on the stage now at this point, after making her way around. And she sees the whip go out and she wants to use her full movement to jump, kind of vault off a table and jump and use her gloves of missile snaring to try and catch the whip before it hits. All right. I I can't believe I'm about to say this. Can I roll? Can we get everyone to roll for initiative for the sexy striptease (laughs) that's happening? You know something's gone wrong when you need an initiative roll. (laughs) We we are actually in coppers, so you know, <laughs> the amount of initiative rolls I've had in that place. So yeah, lads, I'd be rolling dice on the stairs on the way in. It's shocking. <laughs> oh, I got a twenty-one. Shit, three. I got a twenty. Nice. Nineteen plus one. Oh. I have a seventeen. A four for Kyle. Okay, but in this case, Nedris, I'm just going to, it was just more to see where people might go now in terms of actions and reactions. I mean, I can give you acrobatics if you want me to kind of try and do all that type of stuff, I don't mind. Uh, More for the flair of it, Uh, because the the, the gloves are the gloves, but it's more the flair of this than anything else. Okay, okay. Uh, I have a plus five to acrobatics, and I rolled an 18. Okay. But yeah, Nedris is like, she's, she's like, this is this shouldn't be happening at a at a hen party, and she just kind of throws the cape very anime style, and she just runs and kind of bounces up parkour off one of the chairs, kicks some of the presents off as it goes, and just tries to jump through the air and catch the whip with with her gloves of missile snaring. Now I do have to roll for the gloves to actually work, so I have to roll a d10 and add my dexterity modifier. I'm not shitting you. I I know it's hard to tell on this, but I did roll a ten. That's okay. Plus. That's Plus three, which is 13. If you reduce the damage to zero, you can catch the missile if it's small enough, or I, I think I can just deflect it. So I rolled a 13 to deflect. Okay. So in this case, the whip goes back with a flourish and a snap, and it flicks out. And all of a sudden, there's just a burst, an exclamation from Nedris, who leaping off of a chair across over the kind of the, uh, the banister up onto the stage and kind of doing a, a full like somersault into a roll up with a glove just right up into the air. It, the whip wraps itself around it and she snags the glove back and the whip just flops. And Nedris, from where you're from where you're now standing, you can clearly see that elven woman uh, in the black and white dress talking to a is that a naked Leonin next to the drummer. Going off of this, Mariella. Yeah, I I guess, like, Mariella's very wrapped up in what's going on. But seeing this commotion, I, she's she's wondering, was there intentional harm? Because she's a bit like, what the fuck is going on now? Is it possible to roll insight or something on that? Insight check. Sure. 
Uh, that's a 17. Harm is probably a strong word. And it's kind of, mm. your insight is on the, the attack. You've been to loads of these shows. You've been to these yeah. shows. It's one of those things where, like, you know, knives are used and whips are used. Mm. And the occasional spiked club or paddle is used. And the occasional little bit of blood might get dropped. But it's fine. She she then steps out onto the stage and she's like, well, I didn't know this town had these kind of parties. And she draws her rapier and points it at uh, Kyle. On guard, darling. And she's going to take the disengage, or not the disengage, what's the, what's the one you can do as a bonus? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I forget how to use my class. No, she's just going to stand there. It's, 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 it's a monk thing, not a me thing. Okay. Uh, she's just going to stand there and engage him, I guess. Okay. Do do um, I get points for not trying to score off uh, Dahi saying that he doesn't know how to use his class? <laughs> <laughs> no, you should have sniped at that. <laughs> I ro- I rose above. I'm um, okay. <laughs> Kyle, you find yourself now on stage with other people: a halfling, a triton woman, all who seem to well. You're not quite sure. You don't know if they're if they're quite getting what's happening here, the, the performance, but the energy is tanking. Like even the like the, the the crowd are a little bit like, okay, I've been to some of these shows and I don't mind a bit of group stuff, but like <laughs> this is getting very yeah, you're you're all beginning to lose you're beginning to lose the crowd. Okay. Most importantly, how does Destiny look at the moment? Uh, <laughs> mortified. <laughs> Okay. At a glance, does he reckon he is the source of that? Or does he reckon the situation, the scenario is the source of that? Hands down, it's the situation. Like, it's the whole, like, she's on stage. We're in kind of a naked, semi-naked sword fight thing. She's got a friend on one side and a new friend on the other side. And yeah, she's looking, she's looking a little bewildered. He is going to... Drop the whip, raise both hands. I'm afraid that I have been bested by the Lady of the Evening and her stunning god. And he looks down at Nendris. As such, he turns and pulls down his shirt and walks himself onto the tip of Mariella's rapier and says, I'm yours to do with what you will. And dramatically closes his eyes and tilts his head away. Oh, that's nice. Nice touch. Vereri. I am going to uh, get my kitty cat and just go, right, I think you need to get out there now. Let's, let's go. Come on. Yeah, let's liven it up a bit. And he just, he kind of, he kind of cat pounces out into the middle of the stage. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for what he <laughs> needs to do out here with the crowd. Somebody told me that there's a bride in here tonight. And the entire time his hands are just bouncing in the air. But as they go to the left, his hips go to the right. And when they go uh, to the right, his hips go to the left. And he's doing a weird sort of like full on his pelvis is seems to have a like it seems to be sentient uh, in its own right. It seems to be working some sort of twisted metaphysical mechanic because between his tail and his glutes and his groin, it's all going. There's just a take it off, hot stuff from 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 the bar again. As Marilla Whistlecoil is now very hot, bothered, and flustered, 
Thad, the Leonin erotic dancer, is kind of like half gyrating. Okay, uh, great warm up act. Uh, thanks, uh, everybody. If you could just maybe, I, I need a bit of room for what the for Thad's magic. Mariella's gonna withdraw her sword and just be like, oh, I've been to some F-rated performances, but this one is particularly garbage. Uh, hopefully, he can save this. I'm not having my name beside this <laughs> little show. And then she's gonna like look at Kyella and be like, "What was that? What was this?" Uh, as if like she was loving it before, but as soon as it was turning sour, it's like a switch. She's like, "Oh no, this is garbage!" Uh, and she's gonna usher her bridal friend off the stage. You need a seventh sense for that, and I appreciate it. <laughs> like this isn't going on Instagram. Nedra's being three feet tall would probably be at crotch height for the Leonis. And as soon as that individual landed in and started to gyrate, her hands are just up and she's like, ah! And, ah! and she just backs off and nearly falls off the stage as she kind of moves backwards. She tried to intercept that missile. Woo, woo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> Rory's making her way. She's she's back around the front of the stage, and she's bobbing. I mean, she'd rather a rendition of Wagon Wheel, but sure, she'll take what she gets. <laughs> Granny, what are you up to? Because she was buying that it was all real and was kind of like she's she's mumbling to herself. She was she was going to go. It's a bit. Oh God, no one gets hurt on Granny's watch unless you're a lich or you your stairs up. A group of bins, but yeah, no, yeah, so well, yeah, it's a bit sour. Oh yeah, oh well, where do you go? And she just continues drinking. <laughs> Giselle is kind of standing off to the just the side of the stage, kind of holding a hand up uh, to Destiny to kind of like take her down. And as she kind of guides Destiny back up to the reserved area and kind of like letting the rest of you meander up, I got shots for everybody. So upstairs, help yourselves. You. And she points uh, at Kyle. I didn't pay for two of you, so... Yes, I know, but you looked at me very expectantly and I was hardly going to let you down now, was I? <laughs> I'm only here as a guest anyway. Uh, this is a hen party, not a retirement party? <gasps> oh my gosh, okay. That explains it. I saw the lines to come... I saw the line, and I saw the lines, and he kind of gestures at her, and I thought... Okay, sorry, I, I must be in the right place, but no, apparently not, seemingly, apologies. Um, terribly sorry. I just, um, I don't know, I, I, any kind of size, I th thought, I kind of thought you would remember me. It's fine. And his voice starts to quaver. Oh. I've had a lot of work done. I know. And, you know, uh, look, some things can't be undone. The accident happened. And that's it. I just thought I'd get a little bit better from you, to be honest. I would expect that Destiny would be a little more forgiving. But that's you, Giselle. That's you all over. Yeah, so Giselle slack-jawed and Destiny just kind of whips around on hearing this and is just like, Giselle, I know you mean well and we have, we're, we're basically sisters and I appreciate all you've done for me this evening and the dancing and the drinks and the gifts and all these new friends that you just brought into me and my life. And that's just great. <laughs> I don't really appreciate the way you're speaking to my new friend here. Um, sorry, not new friend. We know each other a long time, apparently. But I, uh, 
I've just had a lot to drink. Uh, well, I haven't had that much to drink, but I'm just a little bit giddy from the whole. It's like I'm getting married tomorrow, and you are welcome. You are you you have to come. You have to come to the party, uh, Giselle. Let him in. Uh, obviously, there's a bit a bit of confusion, um, but you know what? The more the merrier. And we're having shots. We're doing shots. Oh, we're all doing shots right effing now. Vareri has just copped that she literally never managed to make it to the bar yet, and that's atrocious. Atrocious form. So, uh, yeah, very happy to hear about shots. I've got herself a pint of Coors yet. that's a bottle of miller with the thumb over the top excuse me on the fringes of the dance floor winking at people excuse me as a culture i know culture women very well and they love a pint of course they do they do they do i was i was misgendering her I had her as the person farting on the edge of the dance floor with the thumb over the bottle i'm sorry i'm sorry are we going to Flannery's after this? Yes, or? we are all going to Flannery's. Okay, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> um, Very good. Giselle picks her jaw up off the floor. You're right, Destiny. And I'm so sorry. Uh... It's Kai now. Oh, Kai. Oh, sorry, Kai. Why don't you come up, uh, up with us? Uh, it's an exclusive little VIP area that we have. We're all doing shots. Giselle follows behind Destiny and... The table that she was originally at, that little booth, there is, there's a tray of, like, these little shot glasses. So I managed to get us something a little different. It's a little out there. It's a little abyssal liqueur. Don't worry about it. I got it. It's on me. Bottoms up, bitches! Destiny picks it up and just knocks a shot straight back. Uh, Mariella does too. Ferrari does too. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. To set these on fire. No? Oh, was that just uh, uh, me? Yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, not so bad. Is everybody doing a shot? Yes. Ned- N- Nedris is not. Nedris is literally rooting through the bag that she brought and is just readying the little concoction and looking at everyone that's drinking this shit and is just about to start handing them out to everyone just as a kind of a precursor for the evening. Anyone that takes a shot. Uh, the goblin woman, the halfling man, and the half elf, or the wood elf woman, that were with Destiny when you all came in are introduced to you. The goblin woman is called Caria, and again, lime green skin and blue, like verdant blue hair uh, in a short little bob, and these yellow eyes kind of looking out. She's the one that helped Giselle acquire this this bottle of liqueur. Caria is an up-and-coming gastro chef in that all her work is to do with gastrointestinal you're introduced to Philp, the halfling man with the red mohawk and the thick, bushy eyebrows. He's an artist. He paints. He's a painter. He, but he paints what he does, which is paint. I've met a few of them. Yeah. In college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, those people exist. And Stephanie, the wood elf, her accent kind of goes all over the place. But it's just because, like, she's been traveling. She's been traveling. She's been seeing the world and just opening herself up. And as she says it, Giselle points it out to a lot of men. And Stephanie goes beet red. I told you those stories in confidence, you bitch. N- N- Nedris, Nedris reads into another bag and pulls out a green liquid and says, Um, you might want to take this along with this. And if you need more of this, yeah, just talk to me at the end of the evening. This hands over the green liquid as well as the after 
the Alka-Seltzer-ish type thing that he's, she's handing out as well. Okay, so I'm going to need you to, hopefully you've got a pen and paper to hand or something yes. that you can make a little note on. But everybody that's done a shot, give me a con save. Would this be magic related? Uh, n- Hang on, no, it's not for con. So forget what I was saying. Seventeen, bro. Would Kyle have been there to partake? You've you've been following him up. Yeah. Can he hazard a sniff first before he downs it? He will do it. Yeah, yeah. Give me a medicine or nature check. I like I like that you. That's a six on medicine. It smells. At first, it's that little kind of, it's almost like a little bit of aniseed, uh, a, a, a tiny bit. But then it's got these really heavy caramel smokes, just sugar that's been slightly burnt, like slightly caught. It's still caramel, but it has that little bit of a burnt, smoky, kind of wafty smell drifting from it. And as you kind of bring the, the shot glass up to your nose and you give it kind of a swirl, the liquid... It's quite strange, Kyle, because the liquid doesn't slosh like the way you would expect it to do. It doesn't, you don't get a little kind of swirling little uh, whirlpool around in, in the glass. Has it got a very strong meniscus? It's, <laughs> it does. It does. It's actually pulling the entire glass inwards. But there's a, there, it looks like, it looks like glitter at first. It looks like there's kind of a, a kind of a, a glitter running through it. The glitter kind of blinks, and not in the way that like oh. lights refer. Like it's like it's like little. It almost looks like stardust. Look, I've had Goldschläger and copper <laughs> before. What are you trying to tell me? Look, uh, this podcast is now sponsored by Jägermeister uh, and Goldschläger. <laughs> oh, okay. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, unfortunately, none of that put him off, and he rolled in that one on his uh, his con save. Oh wow! Well, he's only a slip of a thing. I don't know what he expected. I, I got a seven on mine. I think it's a game to like let this hit you. <laughs> Marere rolled a seventeen, but Kim rolled a six, so we'll just see how that goes. <laughs> and Mariella, um, Mariella rolled a ten. Okay, so Vereri and Mariella, as as the shot goes back, it it does have that like, like, oof. but it's not hot. It's cold. It's that. It's that in that same way that you know a cold burn burns. Yeah, but it, and it is that like, oh boy, that. Ooh, there's a kick to that. There's a, a it's kind of nice. It definitely, again, there are those weird sort of like slightly caught caramel notes to it and a bit of a kind of a medicinal kick to it, but it's nice. It kind of, you feel, you feel chilled. Like it, like it literally feel, you feel a little bit like, like you've been standing out in the night air kind of thing. It's quite nice. Mm. Gra- it's blue aftershock. It's, <laughs> it's blue aftershock. <laughs> Granny and Kyle or Kai, rather, it goes down. And Granny, actually, both of you, both of you strike me. Granny goes down. It is confirmed. Both of you go down. You both strike me as hardened drinkers uh, for various reasons, or at least accomplished drinkers. By heck, when this hits your belly, you feel it. You feel the effects of it straight away. So, Granny, you have one level of intoxicated, which is a status condition that I'm using for this adventure. There are a couple of different levels of intoxicated. Currently, you have one point of intoxicated status. As such, it's kind of loosened. It's kind of loosened those lips uh, and silvered your tongue a bit, Granny. You feel you feel like you've got the gift of the gab about you, Kyle. On a nat one, the adrenaline, the embarrassment, 
you're not really sure what it is, but it doesn't mix well with that that shot. And at first it's that like, oh God, I'm going to be sick because it, it, it went down, it hit your guts, it's going to come back up. You've three points of intoxicated. Oof. So it, you feel it, like you, like whatever that was, that went through you. Hard. And you are now past the stage of the gift of the gab, but you got a bit of brazen bravado. So, Granny, uh, with the gift of the gab, you have a plus one to any social rules. With the brazen bravado, Kyle, you don't. You're not. You're a bit messy. You're a bit messy, but you're showing off a little bit more. So you've a plus one to physical rules for now. This podcast does not endorse binge drinking, just as an FYI. But it does endorse being a lightweight. It does endorse being a lightweight, <laughs> as the DM is very much a lightweight. It, in, it endorses being a messy queen. Yes, I'm also one of those. Uh, as pretty much everybody here, bar die, can attest to right now. So um, yeah, you got 40 minutes till I start singing, so just I would get all your important Rag, stories. Raglan Road is going to be ran through by the end of this. <laughs> Is... Way too urban for me. <laughs> <laughs> Giselle, again, has passed all these shots out. And Nedris, you kind of refusing your... She kind of gives you a bit of the stink eye. She doesn't say anything. She's kind of been put in her place by Kyle a little bit. So she's a little less mouthy. But the, the drinks are passed out and everybody does their shot. Destiny, Philp, Caria, uh, Stephanie. And again, they all have that like, oof, that's... That's something. Now that everybody has has their shots done, and again, you mill about getting your drinks, ordering stuff from the bar, whatnot, and uh, Doris, that, that blonde, the blonde gnome that was serving uh, very when you came in, brings over a tray of drinks to everybody as ordered. Giselle kind of like sits herself between the, the booths and the gifts. I think, perhaps, since we've got some newcomers, blow-ins, Accidental invitations, whatever. Perhaps we can all get to know each other a little bit with a bit of a party game. And it's one, Mariella, you'll know, you'll know, you'll know you were awful at it. Um, but we used to play this all the time in the dorms. Um, again, uh, Caria, you weren't actually allowed in the dorms because your family are poor. But we would, uh, we would all play this game. I'm agog, by the way. Agog. <laughs> I did not see that for her. <laughs> the gastro guts, Jeff. <laughs> Mariella is just skating behind, like, her fans. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we play Two Truths and a Lie? And we're going to leave the episode right there. You've been listening to The Hen Knight, a Romancing the Dungeon adventure starring Dai from Arcavios Eternal, Wayne, Darren and Kim from the Irish podcast and the Sorcery and Shenanigans adventure. And not forgetting our very own James as Kyle Adoris. We're back this time next week for the next installment in The Hen Knight and we'll see you then.